You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. So you know how Disney is doing the shorts on Netflix? I realized that we needed some E&M shorts because we truly have a lot of topics that we don't get to cover on a weekly basis. I know you know I'm busy as a seven. You know you're busy wherever you're listening from and doing your life. But I get asked from time to time, both in the show notes as well as in the margins or the DMs, whatever you want to make of our social media world nowadays, about various topics. And one of them is jealousy. So today I want to talk to you about jealousy through the lens of a couple of stories and just get a couple quick points for you so that you can have this practice that you remember when you're feeling jealous. And so one of the stories is a biblical one that I was really moved by when we think of the story of the prodigal son's brother. And you might have heard me talk about this before or heard this or read this yourself, but in the gospel of Luke, Jesus is telling this story about this guy who goes off and totally in his vices, if you're using Enneagram language and just totally living it up, maybe in a very seven way or just some sort of very hedonistic way, nine, two, seven, any type that loves hedonism, three, eight, oh, let's just say all of us at different times and in our different arrows and wings. So basically you're thinking of yourself sort of as the prodigal son in this story sometimes and, and just how you mess up and how hopefully God forgives you and you accept that grace. And we have that fundamental attribution error that sometimes we feel like other people don't even deserve that as much as us. But something you might not realize about that story is there's a brother in the story. And so a lot of the story is actually about that brother that took me a long time to realize. And it's not just the the father who is supposed to welcome this other brother in from all of their lavish living. By the way, the prodigal son hasn't just been having a great time. After all, money wore off and lavish spending wore off. He was reduced to eating what the animals ate and decided to come back kind of with his tail between his legs and said, I'm so sorry. I feel terrible about the way I've been living. I've learned my lesson. And as you know, nothing teaches a lesson like a hot stove, right? So he was burned. He comes back. His father accepts him gratefully. And even before he comes back, just like God, he is running toward him. But then we have this brother and this brother is not running towards the brother. This brother is like, are you kidding me? You're back. I'm so jealous that you are receiving the lavish love basically of God while I'm sitting here having been slaving away for so long. And that can be what our envy is born of. Sometimes it's born of insecurity for something totally different where mine was as a child, I've shared the story that we were in Sunday school, my friend and I, and I was used to her hanging out with my type three sister and I I finally had a chance with her. I brought her to my class because we had to be separated by grades and my sister was a few years older. So I was like, oh, wow, I get a chance to bring a friend. I'm not really welcomed by this particular church group. They were quite snobbish. And so, so I'm not in my seven heyday at all at this point. I'm just like, 
I'm nervous, I'm scared, I'm shy, and I'm so happy to have a friend. Well, we got there when most of the seats were already filled up, and then she got seated somewhere totally different from me, and next to a young girl who was having fun and sharing with her, and I was seated around a bunch of boys, and I was not grateful for that at that time in life, was not the flirty teen years. I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is so sad, and I just had to watch her have a blast with somebody else. And here I am feeling alone, feeling scared, feeling sad that maybe she didn't like me. I couldn't prove to her that I was fun. I wouldn't be able to, um, you know, even have that self-esteem of I had a good time with a friend. I was feeling the pressure of my very ambitious siblings who I figured would probably laugh at me afterwards. And I just felt sad. I felt not only sad, but that rage of jealousy And I remember I was drawing because it was time for drawing and I drew a picture and initially the picture had a different meaning and and then I ended up drawing just red because I was so angry and that's what jealousy can do as you guys know, whether we're the prodigal son's brother looking over and saying that is so unfair, that is so unjust God, or if we're looking um, just hurt ourselves, we can allow that envy to be what it really is on the inside, which is this rage. And I just started to draw red all over the page and the Sunday school teacher helped me to find my way back to resolution. And you also see this with the prodigal son's father, because both of these people were wise. And both of those two sons in the story were prodigals, actually, as you can imagine, or maybe even we might say, actually, it was the other son who was the prodigal. But either way, that was where I was. I was just, I was not trusting God. They were not trusting God. We all have our reasons for doing this, right? But as my teachers circled around, trying to make comments to every child, what a good teacher, right? Circling around, making comments. Every time the teacher would pause at my work, she would just not say much. As she saw the red fill the page and fill the page, and she asked me, what is this picture of? And I just was so livid. I had no words. It's like, I can't even speak the injustice. I'm too young, but I could feel it. Um, I just didn't have the eloquence to say what it was like the prodigal son's brother did in the story. But you know that feeling. You felt that feeling where you're like, I'm just livid. I am so mad. I am so jealous at what somebody else has that I wanted. I could have just tasted it. I could have just felt it. And so that's all I could do was express it quietly in my introverted little way, drawing red all over. But as you can see, it's spilling over into the room. I don't know who else was feeling the heat, but you know how it is with friction. They were probably feeling it. The teacher was definitely feeling it. But there was patience there. And I think there was patience in the biblical story too, as the father speaks to the son, doesn't yell at the son who is jealous, but just says, hey, you know, you've been here with me all along and we're doing well. Like we're well fed, we're well cared for. This person was out on a limb in very unhealthy lifestyle and patterns and we're good. Let's celebrate. Like we have one more person who's gonna be healthy with us. Now they're gonna start carrying their load it's going to be a much smoother ride for us. And I think my teacher was also saying, hey, you brought a friend to church. Like that's a win. Like you brought somebody to a life-giving place, ideally, (laughs) but you brought somebody here to a life-giving place. And even with the craziness of my situation, that teacher was life-giving and there there were a few life-giving teachers throughout that harder season. So that teacher was able to share with me and just pause with me 
and not bother me with it. But finally, what really helped me was not just that pausing, not just having someone who is able to calmly process, but somebody who let me have a little space to feel and then giving yourself that space is what I want you to do right now and and calmly talk to yourself about how you have enough, how you're doing well and how it's a good thing when others do well too so that we can all share in that. And then also what helped me was just making a reframe for me. And those are healthy. I know we don't want to overly reframe. We need to feel those feelings often first. And and of course, an unhealthy person would just say, we reframe everything. We don't even acknowledge the hurt. But the better way to do it is, yeah, I'm jealous. I'm mad. I'm scared, whatever it is. And then to be able to say, what is another way of looking at this? And so I loved that the teacher, when she made her rounds, she came through and she looked at the drawing and she finally just said, is that a picture of the Red Sea? I love how God parted the waters there and made a miracle in that moment for Moses. And and so she just gave a quick analogy to the Red Sea and it really broke the spell. It really helped me to have dignity and to be able to uh, have humanity after being flooded and embarrassed and losing my temper she brought me back. And my mom was really good for that too, just letting me kick against the goads, letting me have a temper tantrum um, and and loving me afterwards. And, And even though this teacher really wasn't tied to me the way my mom was, there was grace. So I want you to give yourself grace or if it's your spouse who's struggling with jealousy or your kid or your your aunt or your mother-in-law or somebody, I want you to give some grace because that's the grace that's really beautiful. The grace that doesn't just say like tit for tat, but the grace that says, you know what? Like, and I'm doing well. Something good happened to somebody and that's something to celebrate. Even if I have hard times, I think it's beautiful to say, I can feel it. I can acknowledge it. I, I might struggle with it, but to be able to support yourself and one another with these healthy stories that just flipped the script for me. And I noticed that that's exactly what the prodigal son, um, what the father did in the other story in Luke to say, yeah, like your brother's back. Like we're going to have a really good time now because we're and, and you can presume they're going to split up the work. They're, they're going to share community. There was a gap and now it's been filled. And when my friend got out of church with me that day, she was really happy because she had felt so welcomed into this community and she had a good day. And I was proud of that, even though I wasn't proud of how I had behaved. And I was still, of course, sour that I hadn't gotten to sit with her. I'm not saying I did a perfect resolution there at four years old, but I think that's how life is sometimes. I think it's messy and that sometimes we just Um, have a little temper tantrum or we feel something really strong and we need a place to process it and we need a safe lens to work from within. So I wanted to give you those with those two stories today and that way you can re-listen to this if you ever hit those stories again and you know I do too but we just have to do our work there. We have to allow ourselves to draw or to see red for a minute but hopefully in a healthy way like that where you're literally drawing or punching a pillow or crying or listening to music and then coming back to God and saying, you know what, like, I don't know the bigger story, but I'm grateful for what I do have. And I'm going to make some good plans for my day. And I'm not going to let this take me down. And I might even need a story reframe to remember what's good about this. So 
So don't forget in your forgiveness work and in your working on this jealousy that you also allow in the sadness and what's underneath. And if it has to come out through music, if it has to come out through anger first, allow yourself some safe outlets that don't discharge completely on somebody else, but allows you to be vulnerable with your people. And even if you have to coach your people a little bit to say, hey, it's okay for me to be sad. I just need this time. Then that's going to bless you all. And Wes and I are doing that work with you and we're really working with who we are because it's tiny moves that make the difference in micro goals. I'm also going type by type on jealousy and our special Wednesday subscriber series. So if you want to get even deeper on that deepest dive with me on jealousy with all the types in life and marriage, then check that out today too. And of course, you know, all our episodes on Mondays are free and these fun short series. I don't know how long this one will be, but I love your little questions that I can answer about this. I love giving these at least occasionally too, because I think it really offsets our Monday work. And then I also love now that we have our membership and our deeper dives into uh, this this group who says, I just need Enneagram and marriage all week long and I need even deeper. So we're trying to cover all of our bases. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Okay, there but for the grace go we. And I hope that was such a little gift to all of us as we remember on how not to be jealous and what to do when we get stuck there. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.